What's up, Kenny? What's up? All right, so I wanted to start with this. We had a pandemic. We had small businesses going out of business. Um, lots of people that had to not work, uh, servers, waitresses, things like that. And somehow, oddly enough, real estate is thriving. How does that make sense? Um, nothing makes sense. <laughs> um, that's why our world's crazy. No, I mean, you know, the older I get in life, the more I think, you know, when you get older, you start paying attention to things. And, you know, you're in real estate, I'm in real estate. So I think for me, it's when things don't make sense, they do make sense. I just look at the fundamentals, right? So real estate, let's just pick San Diego. Um, we've had a really good run. I mean, 08, 09, 10, that was terrible everywhere. It was bad here, different places. If you were able to buy during that time, you did really well. Like I always tell people, you could have bought a pile of shit and that pile of shit would have been worth more, you know, <laughs> later than you bought it. So pandemic hits, interest rates were already low. Interest rates went the lowest we've ever seen them. You know, 30 year fix, two and a half, 15 year fix, close to two. Um, you know, you can buy a home VA here, 100%, 2.25 in a 30 year. FHA, 3.5% down, 2.25. Crazy, right? So interest rates, number one. Number two, look at right now, I think there's 1,500 homes on the market, I heard. There's usually three, four, 5,000. So people just don't want to move. They don't want to list their home. They don't want to deal with people coming in their home. So COVID. So you've got huge, low interest rates, low inventory, and then what do you have? Big demand. So when you add that up, it's kapoom, and this is what you get, right? Yeah. This is why real estate's going higher because the other thing, think about it, last year, well now, 2019, I always tell people the same, if you picked like a $400,000 loan, I ran a scenario, the same mortgage in 2019, you could have almost financed 500 grand, a loan amount of 500 grand compared to 400 grand, almost had the same payment because of really. Rates. So wow. when people are like, why are they overbidding on houses? I tell people, well, number one is I think people go like, oh, well, I can afford that because the rate's lower. And like when I looked in 2019, I was looking at it, my payment was going to be 2,500 bucks. But for, you know, 100 grand more, 80 grand more, it's still 2,500 bucks. So if I pay overpay, who cares? People are emotional. They just care about a payment. They're not thinking like, oh, well, what if it crashes this and that? Most people don't think that. They're like emotional, buy the home, do what I want to do now, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's really about how much they can afford, right? It's yeah. not necessarily if I get this house for one six, well, in five years is it still going to be able to sell for one six? I guess is that not as much of a concern? Well, I think a lot of people buying now are realizing that if I buy now, I'm buying at the. I think people know they're buying at the top of the market too, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody's yeah. like no, but they know this is the bottom. I mean, the bottom we're going to look to oh eight nine ten, right? You and I know that. I mean, yeah. even us, we're not going to go back to the eighties. We're going to go right there because that was the lost bottom. So everybody knows we're buying at the top. But I think a lot of people realize they go. I tell people, is it a good time to buy? I said, well, are you going to move in ten years? Could you live in this house for ten years? Yeah. I mean, in ten years, if we go through a cycle, I think you'd be okay. Yeah. But if somebody's buying to sell tomorrow, I would definitely be, that's probably not a good idea unless you're like a professional real estate investor flipper where you're buying a junker, adding value, adding an ADU, coming to you to sell it for more, I think. But I mean, I wouldn't be buying now to sell in three years and thinking you're going to get out or you're going to be okay. You could be underwater. You could break even. It could go up, but I don't think that's, 
that's not realistic, you know? Well, I think that that's something that people need to pay attention more to is that it's more of the long-term play rather than, I guess, we're in like the stock market. It's like, okay, how can I get up and get out? Yeah. You know, rather than uh, real estate where that's your house. If you buy a house, that's your house. You're, like you said, you're going to live there for 10, 15, 20 years even. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why, you know, a lot of people say is a house is not an asset, it's a liability because right. it costs us money to live there. But I mean, people go, I made money over time. I go, yeah, I mean, if I buy a house today in San Diego and I sell it when I'm 65, I mean, you would think things are going to be more expensive because inflation and everything, right? Because obviously San Diego, I'm guessing, is going to grow. Right. So that's just logical. But um, but it costs you money regardless. So I don't know. I think to me, a house is an emotional thing. It's a family thing. It's a th you live in, you go home. It's different. It's not like I bought this thing that tenants are in and it pays me monthly and it's a business, you know? So that's how I look at buying a Well, and primary. that's the thing too, is it's not a matter of how much the home is purchase price. It's a matter of the payment, right? So when I, when I always talk to people um, pre-approval, I just talk to him. I go, okay, this is my most important question. What do you want your monthly payment to be? They're like, what? I go, it could be principal, interest, tax insurance, HOA, MI, whatever that is. When you write on your checkbook or the ACH goes out, what do you want to go out? And I'm like, don't worry about purchase price. Do not worry about anything else. What is the number? And they'll go, oh, I want to be this. And I go, cool. Then I back into it. What do you want to pay? Well, I'm looking at a 700,000. How much you want to put down? Okay. Then I back in and I do my math. I go, okay, you said you wanted to pay me $2,500. Well, that house is going to be $3,500. Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was going to be, oh, wow, that's weird. So literally people don't even think about, they're just like, oh, I thought I didn't get that payment. Did you ever look? No, I just thought. Well, they're so wrapped up in what is the purchase price? What am I getting this house for? If it's a million dollars, well, I don't want to pay one, one. Well, if it's only going to be 500 bucks more a month, you know, is it a deal breaker for you? Yeah. So, so I think, you know, that's why homes are, uh, I mean, if you look at study the rich or the wealthy, whatever you want to call them, the top 1%, I mean, people are like, oh, they have these crazy homes that are like, it's usually just a fraction of their wealth, right? They're truly wealthy people or the Jeff Bezos that, you know, he has $500 million of homes, but I tell people it's nothing, you know, right. it's a dollar for you, but they're buying it because they just want it. <laughs> They're not worried about the pain. They're just like, I want it. I want to have it. I'm going to do it, right? For the average person, they're buying a house to have it, but they've they've got to pay attention to the payment. Right. So, and that's why I always tell people like, you know, we live in a place where a lot of people are house poor. They go, well, 2,500, okay, I'll stretch to 3,000. And they know really I shouldn't do that. They could get pre-approved for that, but, you know, they're stuck. So what do you guys allow? Is it 50%? Debt to income? No, I mean, you know, you can, depends, but depends on the program. But I mean, a good number is 43% because if you're there under, you can get approved pretty much anywhere. Maybe jumbo loan could be a little tighter if it's a really tight program or maybe some really well-priced program that's conservative, you know, but. Is it, has it gotten more stricter with um, the pandemic? Yeah. So lending was not like the old days, but before the crisis, but lending was well, booming. Back in yeah, yeah, <laughs> lending was booming. COVID hit. Um, jumbo with overnight kind of just went away. And then non-QM loans like bank statement loans or self-employed loans like that, the light switch literally just went in a week off. 
And so that's because there's fear in the market. Most of those loans are given to self-employed and they're like, wait a minute, nobody's business is open, nobody's making money, we're out. So slowly but surely, uh, third quarter, fourth quarter, Q1 now, they're starting to come back. So there's more and more options, but they're definitely more overlay, stricter. They wanna make sure, are you in business great? Are you making money great? You know, like we, not just like, they really wanna see it now. They wanna see like PL, a bank statement with deposits, not like before, it's like, just give me a PL, we'll go off that. No, they wanna see you making money. Well, because back in 08, weren't they doing just like stated income? Oh, yeah. And- the stated income, stated assets. It was, you know, we always call it the heart beating pen loan. If you had a heart beating <laughs> pen, we can get you a loan. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. That's, That's why, I mean, you know, when you look back, um, some people are like, oh, I love that time. And I said, I didn't. Why? I said, because I knew this was going to end bad. It was going to crash. You just knew it. Like, really? I was too young for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, you knew people getting loans. You're like, that guy shouldn't have got the loan. Like, yeah. It's just like, now it's well people were getting like multiple houses yeah. right like <laughs> and they were buying them based strictly based off equity going up they didn't buy the home to cash flow a lot of them were negative it was like i'm gonna buy it for 800 and it's gonna go up to a million i'm gonna sell it and then, that was just the trend at the but time. it worked yeah because it worked for a while wow. then it stopped working and then when it stopped working everybody's like oh shit and then it went the opposite way and everybody's like i'm out <laughs> Do you think that we're at a, you said like height of the market right now? I mean, the market's high. I mean, stock market's high. Do you see it? Bitcoin's high, real estate's high. But, you know, um, I mean, we're talking today. There's a new president today, you know, Biden. Um, I'm not a political guy, but I just know that I always tell everybody that, you know, Democrats, Republicans, independents, they don't know what to do anymore, but they just know how to print money. Yeah. So... They're going to print. They're doing it. They're going to keep spending, spending money, which is going to inflate. So that's why everybody's like, why do the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? Well, the rich get richer because they have assets. They have stocks. They have houses. They've got art. They've got cars. They've got, you know, whatever it is, right? All this, this whole list of stuff, and it continues to go up. And why people that have nothing, they're unemployed. They can't get a job. They're paying rent. They have nothing going up. So they're watching this whole, this gap just grow, grow, grow. So eventually, I mean, eventually there's, you know, what goes up must come down. There's got to be a correction, but nobody knows. Yeah. We, I mean, it's, it's like 2021. What's the real estate prediction? It's going to go up. <laughs> Why? There's 700,000 homes on the market in the U.S. And I think there's usually double or triple that. That's crazy. Besides certain markets, like, you know, New York is getting crushed because they have a lot of inventory. Why do you think that is that there's not as much inventory right now? I think because COVID, people don't want to sell. People don't want to move. And there's a lot of people just staying at home, doing cash out refinances and remodeling. Wow. Yeah, a lot. I mean, contra- contractors, are they're booming right now. I mean, COVID was good to contractors. It's good. Yeah. Keep, think about it. You're at home, sitting around. It's 30 days. It's 60 days. All of a sudden, you're like, this garage sucks. This kitchen <laughs> sucks. My, you know, yeah. I mean, we went to the nurseries. We were driving around during COVID, you know, let's plant. And I would go talk to the nursery owners. He goes, we're up 50, 100%. Really? I go, what else is everybody doing, Kenny? You can't go to the restaurant. You couldn't go to the beaches. You couldn't go to the parks. You could, you could barely walk around your house. What do you do? You start going to your garden. Yeah. I mean, and, and people are planting. So then you go outside and you go, I'm tired of looking at this backyard. And now you're six months, seven months in the pandemic. And you go, you know what? We might not be traveling for another year or two. 
and I'm saving money or doing this, like, let's just reinvest back in the house. We got equity, let's cash out, refi, whatever. You, you, you start thinking th- differently. I mean, how many people you talk to in your life that pre-pandemic after, they've changed how they viewed everything. There, some of them made major life decisions. They sold their home, they moved yeah. to another state. Yeah. Some of them purposely shut down their business, sold it, said, I'm done. I don't need to do this shit anymore, I'm out. And um, then there's a lot of people that are just staying at home and they want to remodel their house because they're like, let's just do it. You know, well, and the other crazy thing too is vacation homes have gone up a lot. Oh yeah, so yeah. people are able to work remotely, and they're like, might as well get a vacation home. Yeah, I mean, think about it. So I always go back to it. it's like if you have money in this pandemic, you can. I always tell people, having money just make you happy. It make gives gives you options, right? Right. So people that have money are like, I don't want to live in New York right now. I'm over it. This place sucks. I'll keep my apartment here. I can afford it. Let's go buy a home in Miami. We're going to go live there for a year, two years, three years, whatever. I can do this. Or let's go buy a second home in Malibu or San Diego or somewhere else. Or the people that used to travel all over, that travel a lot, that can't, or they don't want to take their kids or deal with it. Um, I've been reading people. They're like, we just went and bought a second home because we want to get the hell away from our home. I mean, wow. think about it. If you live in LA, there's nothing going on there. The city sucks. It's shut down. It's going to be a while before it comes back. I mean, they're like, we're, okay, let's go buy a second home in San Diego. If you're in San Francisco, you're up there, you're like, I'm going to work from home for the rest of my life. I mean, I'm hearing realtors, let's go to San Diego. Let's get out of here. I want to say, let's go move to Palm Desert, you know? Well, that's the weird thing. I mean, people making big life decisions off of this. What if two months into Biden's administration and everything goes back to normal? It won't. You don't think so? Never. Why? Um, number one, even if you get the vaccine, you know, go back to 9-11. Think about it. Um we couldn't fly. And then how many people wouldn't get on a plane because they're afraid it's going to go crash into the ground or to a building? Yeah. So human brain, it's even if they get the vaccine, people are just not going to travel for a while. It's just human nature. Yeah. I mean, I've been traveling this whole thing because I just, I'm like, whatever. Then you look at cruise ships. They've been sitting there off San Diego and everywhere doing nothing, zero income, just burning money. I don't know what it is, the burn rate, but it's crazy. Um, when you start seeing people start going on cruises, that's when I think things will start getting back to normal. Because think about it. That's the last place you're going to want to go with the vaccine. Yeah. I guess it just depends on the areas because I think Florida's open. Um, some other states yeah. are open and, and they're okay with it. But I guess it just depends on the person. Yeah. So, I mean, look, if you're 60 or older, chances are greater. They go 65, 70, 80, 85. Right. I mean, so I think... You know, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think things will go back to normal because if you take New York, I mean, how long is it going to take to recover? All They're the talking three to there. five. No, but just let's say it's open tomorrow. Everything can open back up. Yeah, but how many businesses are really going to open? How many hotels? So, three to five year recovery, but it will come back. I mean, New York's. If you had, if you have money, New York's a great place to buy a place right now. It's 40 percent less if you negotiate. I bet. You don't think there's a lot of people bailing on New York? Oh, 100%. There's there's wealthy people, literally. I read a couple articles. Uh, One guy, I think, bought his apartment for 30 million and he won it out and sold it for 19. Wow. Just give me it. That's why I tell people, rich people, they don't care. They're just like, I want out, get rid of this asset, move on. I mean, look at Miami's. Miami and Texas, they're just reaping rewards. They're pro business, they don't have crazy debts, and they're open. In Texas. Yeah. I mean, Disney World's been open since July. 
and we're not even open here, Disneyland. They put the same program to the two governors. This is how we're going to open. One said, let's go. The other one said, nah. And Florida said, well, on a normal Disney World, you're $8.5 billion of just tax. We get sales tax from you a year. Wow. We're not going to get rid of it. Here, you have 30,000 people unemployed. Everybody's like, they get unemployment. I'm like, yeah, what about executives or managers? They don't make you know 35000 a year there. Yeah. They're unemployed. So think about it. Orange County is one of the richest um, counties. Now it's all most of the revenues from Disneyland. That's crazy. Yeah. They're, they're having a tough time. Well. So it's crazy. How long do you think till I guess the United States is back up and running? Um, if the vaccines go as planned, I think people are thinking Q3, Q4. I don't know. I think it's, I think the whole thing's a mess. I had COVID. I had it for two days. It was really just wow. a bad flu. Yeah. Um, two days I was out, rested, and after that I was fine. Have, have you had any experience with it? Let's see. Got in a stomach flu, got a head cold, had flu-like symptoms, never, never tested positive. We might have got Did it. Did you test? Yeah. Okay. We might have got it earlier on, yeah. like beginning of 2020. Because we were really sick and we didn't, we went to test, Rose did, and they said no. And she went back three times. That's when they were limited on tests. But she had every symptom besides a fever. Huh. So they didn't test because they didn't have the test. That was back in like February of 2020. So I think we had it early. Well, so that's the thing. I mean, I think they should have just done that from the beginning. People who are risked. Stay um, home. People, stay, stay home. home. And everyone else should just continue living. I mean, People's lives have been ruined. Businesses. I mean, how are these restaurants even standing? I don't. I don't. I mean, getting. Because I don't get, think no, they got getting, bailed no, out. No, they're going to get bailed out again. But I don't get it. I mean, look at San Diego. You know, talk. I mean, I know restaurant people. You. I mean, you know, you might have worked at a restaurant. I did, Monty, whoever. You can't. It's seventy. They got to be seventy percent. I think just to pay bills. Yeah. And the rest is gravy. That's a crazy business. And then overnight, they're gone. They don't have reserves. And a lot of these people, they have a lease. Then they got a massive loan to do this crazy build-out of these crazy restaurants we have here and all over the place. So they have a lease. They got the build-out. They got insurance. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, this year, I think, is going to be eventually what happens, right, is that evictions, you got to pay your mortgage. You got to pay your car. You got to pay your rent. Like this, all eventually, it all comes due, right? We just pushed it down the road, kicked the and can now down the road. It's coming time. And then when you deal with it, that's when I think you'll see um, some type of correction. But remember, corrections could be Vegas could correct harder than here because Vegas. Estate? Yeah, think about it. Uh -huh. Vegas is it's over. There's no conventions. There's nothing. There's no concerts, there's no inventions, there's no shows, there's nothing. And then when you take a convention, just do think about a convention, just do the trickle down effect of all the businesses. Like, where, where, like, there's yeah, nothing. the hotels, everything. just to, the guy that does supplies the food, the guy that supplies the linen, the guy that supplies the chairs, the, uh, this whole, where are they? They're zero. They're at zero. There's minimal events. If they have events, it's nothing. 
you know? Well, I think the Fed's going to have to bail everyone out. Oh, yeah, they're bailing. They're bailing. But eventually, all these people are two years behind on rent. Whether you're renting a, you know, an office building or a retail or um, whatever, or you got your business loan, and then you might be two years behind because they're going to keep extending the eviction. But what's going to happen, um, I really think what's going to happen is, is people aren't going to like, and I tell people with rentals is you're just going to be like, yep, you got to forgive it. What? Maybe, but you know, Kenny owes me $30,000 from two years. He's been living here. Yeah. It's, you're not, it's over. You're not going to collect. You're just going to have to, you can, you can write it off on your, we're going to let you write off on your taxes or some crap like that, but you got to move on. They're talking about FHA loans. People are behind. They're going to go to lenders and be like, yeah, you're just going to forget about they owe you one year. This is by this is the talk. Think about it though. So what I what I was saying a while ago is nobody's thinking about this. This guy came out of podcast. I didn't make this up. This is genius. He said there's a wealth transfer coming, and everybody's like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "If you the rich people own property or they give loans, because if they're rich, they just right. pay cash. Right. So the people that aren't as rich got to get financing." For stuff. So the rich person is going to say, Hey, uh, I own an apartment building and there's three people not paying. And I'm these three people with two years, they owe me $90,000 in rent. Well, you're, you're transferring wealth. Excuse me. Yeah. You got to just forgive it. They just, they just got off the hook. Then you're going to go to what about the car? Yeah. You just got to forget the car payments. You're going to have to forget the mortgages. You see? But what about you, your responsibility with the bank? Well, if I'm paying me, being responsible, I'm getting 95% collection. So the two, three guys that aren't paying, right, is what it is. So people go to Washington and said, no, it's actually a transfer of wealth. Yeah. This person didn't pay me for two years. They saved 60000 And some of them are liars. They had jobs. They're just playing a game. Right. Just disaster cause. That's why I said yeah. in a video, hopefully you're doing something good with the money and, and basically starting a business or renewing your life. So then that money goes back to the economy and like does something. You don't just go spend it on yourself. Yeah. I mean, I talked to, you know, uh, uh, Kimball Tyree and it's like, you know, one of the partners there and she goes, you know, what everybody's pissed off about is. Uh, land, a owner goes out to their property and there's, you know, 30 in a property. There's two people not paying. They got a brand new car in the driveway and they're walking in with a flat screen TV and they just got new furniture. And they're like, you haven't paid me rent in 12 months. Can I do anything? No, you can't do anything. Yeah. I went to the mall, like, I think like two weeks after the first stimulus came out last summer. Uh, and I see a, a massive line at Louis Vuitton. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're going to go spend your money on that? No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, uh, economists I follow, they watch. As soon as the stimulus came, flat screen TV sales went up and things like that. I mean. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, so, I mean, when you, when I, I, I like think things logically about it. So, we did a podcast and I was, and I was talking, you know, and uh, to Kimball Tyree and I was, I was telling her, I said, look, you know, people call her up and complain. I just said, look, it, it, this is a reality. I, Crystal and I looked at each other. I mean, Monty, you know this. I looked at each other and said, we're just never going to get this rent. This is like in the beginning. 
I mean, we just told our lay, just keep all of our rents. Like we don't spend it, but just keep it and build up account just in case how bad. Uh-huh. But I just said, we're not going to get it. Crystal's like, okay, so you're going to go to court to Kenny that makes 35000 a year or whatever. And he pays you a thousand bucks a month, whatever it is. And you're going to go to court after two years and go, cool, you owe me $24,000. I'm one person. What about, and you think you're going to get the money. How long is he, when is he going to pay you over what, 90 years? I mean, it's not going to happen. Well, and at the point that you get in front of the judge with all these other cases, how long is that going to take? I just think they're going to, either this is going to happen. They're going to wipe it or they're going to, oh wait, print more money and say, so you owe Kenny 90,000, all you guys? Okay, Kenny, here's 90 grand. I don't know. We'll just, uh, we'll just print the money. Yeah. Just wire him. Yeah. Wire it to Kenny. Yeah. So then with Forgive that, or print, one of them. If they print a ton of money, then if you own a property for a million dollars, your property is inflated to 1.5. Well, inflation is because, you know, you can't build it for the price it is today. Right. I mean, look at, look at, uh, was it, um, oh gosh, what's the, one of the builders. So they build, you know, uh-huh. and obviously they say, oh, we're going to build 500 homes and they go, oh, here's the cost. Then COVID hits. They go, shit. The cost is 35000 per home more just for lumber times 500. Just from COVID hitting? Yeah. Oh, we can't get appliances. They're uh, two months behind <laughs> because they're from China. Oh, we can't get that flooring. We can't get the cabinets, the China cabinets. And timing for them is important. Yeah, so... I talked to another builder um, that's building out in El Centro, and he said, yeah, it's going to cost me $15,000 more for his house for just lumber. He's like, I haven't even looked at other stuff. Why Why was those prices inflated? Because um, there was no lumber. Supply demand. Yeah. Same thing with the housing market. Yeah. Same shit. So, I mean, that's, you know, inflation, the dollar gets weaker. That's so, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see. I think what to me, what I'm most interested is about is when they say, okay, stop, you got to start paying your bills, what that looks like. That's Uh where we'll see, like they say how the cookie crumbles, like, you know, is, I mean, I think San Diego overall has recovered pretty well from this or doing pretty well because we have, I think a lot of people came here to vacation. So we're lucky. Yeah. Even though, think about it, even though it's like restaurants don't open and stuff, it's like, okay, if you come here from LA or something, you can go to the beach, you can go hike, you can be outdoors, you can just cook your meal, stay at a VRBO, you know, get food to go. That's another market that was really hit, Airbnb. It was, but not anymore. So it got hit, and then um, it didn't, because I have four, and then it just, to blew up. Really? Yeah. When did you see it start to put, blow back up? So as soon as the pandemic hit, you know, and they started shutting me down, everybody called and canceled. And we yeah. got kind of lucky because people were like, well, I'm redoing my home or I got stuck here from another state and I'm not going back because it's in Chicago. It's terrible. And they extended. And then honestly, it was probably two months later. Then everybody's like, okay, we live in California. We live in Arizona. We live in Nevada. We can't do anything, but... Hey, we should just go on a vacation in state when they start opening up in San Diego when the beaches are. Let's get. I, I want to get the hell out of uh, you know Riverside. I want to get out of 
LA or whatever. And then, so California, the good thing about California is 40 million people to fed itself. So if you take Big Bear, people that own vacation rentals, it was up 20, 30%. I talked to some people up there. People just want to get away. Yep. And think about it, they're not going on there. They canceled their trip. I mean, I talked to a buddy of mine. He said they canceled two trips and we still have the credit. Wow. So that's why one of the things is the pent up demand of travel is going to be like insane. Insane. Yeah. No. Well, then they were also talking about getting a vaccine passport for you to fly. That would cause a lot of problems. Yeah, but I think that's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it happened right away, but it takes time to do that. But yeah, I mean. Could they implement the passport and not make the vaccine mandatory? So then you basically just have to get the vaccine if you want to travel. I think they're going to make eventually when everybody, like when you all can have the vaccine, like when you, when it's like available and it's like, I don't want to get it, but I could just go get it right now. I think they're going to be like, you have to have it to fly. But right now they're not, but eventually I think it's going to be required. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. As much as people don't want to take it. Where are you hearing that? Like podcasts I listen to. I think okay. people that know, I, yeah. I just think, I just think people go like, this is where it's going. This is the talk. Okay. Cause they think logically like, kind of like the rumor. No, actually that's, that's true. But I also read one airline even said, once everybody can get the vaccine, we are going to require it. I can't remember which well, one I think was. they were talking about it. It was Alaska and someone else. Some other, like Emirates or something is like 100% when you can take it, it's going to be required. That's crazy. No, I mean, I think we just live in a crazy world now, you know? Well, what do you, I mean, you have an option, I guess, to not travel or have your own means of traveling. Yeah. If you're rich, you can just fly your own private jet. Well, that's a whole nother level. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, yeah, if you got to travel, you got to take it, you're going to have to take it. You know, it sucks. Yeah. Hopefully they'll have ones that are better or like one shot or whatever. So, I mean, we'll see. I think by the time you and I will take it, we'll have enough runway to see how people are with the, you know, there'll be hundreds of millions of people just worldwide that take probably, you know, maybe a billion by the time we take it. Dang. There's what, 2 billion old people. There's 7 billion. So we'll have at least a billion. So we'll know who's dying. Who's, you know. Yeah. How it's working. Yeah. I mean, some people are getting sick. I hear like flu-like symptoms and the second round's worse, but I talked to firefighters, nurses, doctors, all that. So, but everybody's just like, we're just taking it. Like, do you know anyone who's gotten it? Oh yeah. No issues. No. It's a weird thing. Cause I mean, the internet, it's so hard, I guess, what you determine that you believe on the internet because there's so much out there. Oh yeah. There's really true things and there's also really fake things. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I think the cool thing about the internet is that there's podcasts, there's articles, there's, you know, people you follow that are, you know, are no bullshit. And you can just that give good news and data. Like I just look at data, right? You can just look like, here's the statistics. Yeah. Hey, how are we doing? Oh, bankrupt filings are up hundred yeah. percent. That's not good. You know? I mean, I talked to a buddy of mine, his dad's a bankruptcy attorney, went to retire in March and they uh, called him, was going to retire and set him down and said, you can't retire. You know, what, what, did he, and he's done. He made good money and they paid him a few money. That's what he said to stay uh-huh. because the tsunami of BK is coming. They're like, we need you here for at least give us another two, three years to make all this money. 
Because it was, uh, he's like, it's, it was coming, but he's like, the tidal wave is just growing, 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 like this. Think about it, you know? Well, I was thinking that people are starting to get back on their feet now, no? No, I mean, look, uh, I think COVID for a lot of people is good. Uh, people pay down debt and saving rate in the U.S. is uh, way up. So that's why the government's like, they, you know, the government looks at certain things. They know that you paid off more debt. They know that you've been stacking money away. And they also know that you're sick and tired of sitting at home and you're ready to spend money and live your life. I'm ready to go to a club. I'm ready to go on a trip. I'm ready to go to the theater. I'm ready to go on a vacation, whatever it is, right? I'm ready to buy whatever. So there's a lot of people sitting on more money than they're usually having that feel that are going to spend that shit. And there's, it's, it's, it, that's why the pen, I think we'll come out of this and it's going to roar and then you'll kind of level off. And then I think when you roar and you level and when they see the roar and you're getting good, that's when they're going to be like, okay, you got to start paying your rent. You can do the eviction. That's when it's going to come. And that's when I think you're going to see, you're going to level off and then you're going to have, that's when we're going to feel the pain. That's when we're going to be like, is the real estate market going to correct? Where's the deals? Maybe not in San Diego, maybe Vegas, maybe Orlando, place like that that have big um, conventions, big like Disney World, like that stuff that got crushed. Well, as more properties start to come on the market, do you think that'll correct the price? Yeah, but there's a lot of demand. It'd have to have a lot more. Because the interest rate's so low? Yep. And I think people too is, you know, I think we talked about this before is the, the 25 to 35 year old, that demographic is the biggest. They're all having, getting married, having kids, buying homes. So as we come out of this, you know, and then on top of that, there's, you know, uh, our grand, you know, your dad's dad was probably the, one of the first generations to save money, buy a house, have a 401k, have stocks, have a real estate portfolio, own a business. Your dad inherits the money. Then the next generation inherits it or gets some. So it's like, oh, my dad's dad died. He got a couple million bucks. You're like, sweet, pops, give me a couple hundred thousand to buy a home. And you're seeing this happen. Or then you're seeing like, you know, people that are 50, their, par their parents are going to go they're inheriting money, but also on top of all this, the um, Alan Nevin says the you know the wealth transfer is forty two trillion. It's coming. So as much as all this is, there's a lot of money being transferred down. I mean, I deal with, we deal with uh, you know my wife does commercial financing, but I mean it's she's working on a deal every always that's somebody got through inherit inheritance. Really? Oh yeah. Are you just you realize oh oh yeah, yeah. Or, or then you all of a sudden you're like. Oh, so what do you guys do? Well, we don't really work. What do you mean you don't work? Well, there's my grand, our grandpa bought all this property and all five of us just get this check every month. How long has that been going on? Oh, since he died five years ago. Wow. And then the mom just died. So now we own it all and we're moving some, you know, we want to split, we want some equity because I want to buy a house and we're going to sell it, you know, and you're seeing this, but this is happening all over and this is happening rapid, you know, shit with COVID, it might be speeding up the process because think about how many people are dying that are older that are like going to get the money. So I just think there's a lot of money and a lot of these kids, they don't know what they have and they just, as Alan Nevin said, right, they're going to spend every damn dollar of it.
They're not educated. Well, and that's what I see with, with my generation and what I was telling you about getting the stimulus check, going straight to Louis Vuitton. Um, people are like, well, why do I want to save up money, save up money, buy this house, you know, for 500000 put 100000 down when I could just rent the same house for uh, maybe two, 300 bucks more a month? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's happening, right, for your generation um, because they have all the YouTube, the podcast, the Google. They, they can go, cool, great, mom, that's your opinion, but I'll just go listen to like 50 professionals. At all. I'll listen to Dave Ramsey. I'll listen to Grant Cardone. I'll listen to some other people, yeah. and, and I'll make my own conclusion. You know, thank you. Well, and they're like, might as well just rent. Yeah. Why would I buy? Yeah, that's why we're becoming a renter's nation, hence why apartments – now we know what's the best asset class to own. Uh, sorry, hotels, you just got crushed. Sorry, retail, you just got trust. Sorry, office, you didn't do well. Industrial did what is doing well because the Amazon, all that. Multifamily, everybody has to have a place to stay. Yeah. Why? Why didn't people not pay the rent as much? Because I think people are like, well, shit. If I don't have a place to stay and it's COVID. And I got a family, where else am I going to go? So I won't pay my car or my credit cards or my cell phone or my sdg or my Time Warner, but hell, I'm going to pay my rent. Yeah. And I mean, they're doing a good job downtown. There's a few buildings down there and it's like three, $4,000 for a one bedroom. And my generation likes that. They like the updated interiors. You know, I'll pay a little bit more and live a little bit uh, higher class. Why, why do you think that is? Why, I just, your, so your generation, why do you guys? Because people want it now. That's what it is. People huh? want it now. They don't want to wait. They don't want to buy a house. Do you think it's because you guys can view it on social media and you're like, I want that life now? It's very influencing. So do you think your, is your generation, your friends, are they about spending the money or saving it? I mean, it depends. I don't have too many friends, but just the people that I see, I, I see people who are about spending it and I see people who are about saving it. I like to put myself kind of right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but your generation, normally you're saying what you see on socials, it's like, let's spend, let's yeah. get it. Yeah. Let's yeah. party. Even throughout the whole lockdown and everything, I see people out partying and stuff, just living it up. Yeah. I mean, I think your generation, to me, your generation is let's rent, let's vacation, let's enjoy life. I don't want to get trapped down. But eventually, it's funny, I, I didn't know those people, but then they meet the girl. Right. And then they're like, I'm married. And then they're like calling me going, I need to buy a house. Why? Well, because we're gonna have a kid. And it's, you know, that's cause that's the, but it's getting pushed off. Yeah. So that's why like, uh, that's why I said is when you look at statistics and stuff, like the last, you know, 08, 09, 10, a lot of people go back, oh yeah, the housing crashed. But what happened is, is that kids came out of school, didn't have a job. And they're also like, the kid that came out of school that was usually like, oh, I'm going to get a job and buy a house and get married. The generation's like, yeah, we're not going to do that shit. We're going to wait. And then I th- obviously, a lot of housing people say, kind of screw up the housing market because they thought like, oh, we'll recover faster or sooner or been less because if they would have bought, but they didn't. See, because your guys' generation's like, yeah, maybe I'll buy a house l- later. It's all about instant gratification now, right now. That's what I see. And that's what social media promotes. You know, instant you want, likes. You want, you want the text now. You want the yeah. DM now. You want the shirt, the shoes, whatever now. Well, because that stuff's feeding you a lot of that endorphins. Of, yeah, it's funny. It's bizarre, and it's like 
it's funny because even my parents' generation, you know, born in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, they came into where credit cards were here and you can get debt. And that was like, that was almost an instant gratification. Like, you go through time, that was an instant gratification. They even say like my parents' age was the dumbest generation ever because they made a lot of dumb decisions with their money. I look back and go, I mean, how'd you not do this? or that? It's like, they just were like, well, we had the kids and then, you know, the job and they just didn't have time for it. Like you didn't have time to like buy other things or save more, you know, it just wasn't, they didn't have Google or they you just, they just were so like locked into school and come right out and had that life. And just, you know, think about it. If you, if you went from college to married to kids in your, imagine your age, let's see, my mom's 25. She would have had three kids by now. That's you, crazy. You wouldn't have time to be like, I'm not starting yeah. a podcast. I'm not traveling the world. I'm not, you know, saving 70% of my income. You're, you're like, I'm just trying to survive. Well, that's, that was that time though. Like my parents got married 21 years old. Wow. Like that's unheard of now. Yeah. You're like, is something <laughs> wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. So Did you get COVID or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. So now it's like, People are pushing it to 30. You had kids, I think you said 35? 37 or 8, yeah, later. Really? I pushed it, yep. We said we wanted to get to a certain point, and we just pushed it because I knew, you know. Everybody's like, dude, trust me. You need to have kids. And I said, are you doing – because do I need to or do I need to for you? You know, that was yeah. my joke. But, no, I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, we were talking about this morning, my wife and I, about delayed gratification, it wasn't kids, but it's like I just delayed that because I knew if I could just get this runway. I mean, we talk, Monty, I talk about all the time, but you can get that runway and she sees people that like wait it and you can get it and you can get ahead. I mean, to do what I did the last 10 years with kids, it's not saying you couldn't do it, but wow, it's really hard. Yeah. Because I'm either, I could do it, but I'm sacrificing something and it's going to be seeing my kids. Something's got to, you know what I'm saying? It's like all these entrepreneurs I know, maybe they're 50s and you go back, they're like, your kids are 15. They're like, yeah, I kind of wasn't there for the first whatever. Well, and as, I guess, a father, you want to be there with your children. Yeah. But in my parents' generation, my dad would work, my mom would stay home. So she's spending time raising the kids, taking them to and from school, uh, extra extra curricular activities things like that and he's at work so they're getting that done but now in in uh, present time the new generation is you know both people are working yeah i mean and i also think like women want to have something going too you know my mom gave up uh, a lot of stuff just like your mom did and she sometimes is like man i i didn't have a career i i couldn't have one you know and so i just think a lot of women too it's like a lot of people get divorced and the women are like, great. I didn't have a re now I'm left here, no career, no job, no connections. And I'm, you know, getting some shitty check from my ex-husband, but he's been blowing up and now I got to go figure this out. And I think a lot of women saw that from their moms or this and said, I'm not doing that shit. I don't care. You're the best man, you know, ever. Like I'm, I want to have something. And I, I, I get it, you know? Yeah. No, it makes sense. My parents got divorced. Same thing happened, you know? Really? Yeah. So I saw it. My mom was like, 
you know, she talked about it. She goes, if I would have, yeah, if she would have worked, she would have had been in a better position. She doesn't regret it, but that's just the reality, right? So I think for women, I think it is smart. They should do something, you know? I mean, look, I get it. Staying at home, doing that's good. I think it's great. But also it's like, you just never know. Somebody, your man could die of COVID or get hit by a truck or something. Shit happens, right? And they have nothing to fall back on. Well, I think that that's where I look at your guys' situation. I think that you guys did a good job because if, say, you're 25, 26, 27, you have a kid and your wife's both working as well, and then you have a nanny to basically raise your kid for you, that's another thing. You know, do you want this uh, nanny to be the one who's there with your kid in the very early stages of its life? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard decision to make. Yeah, and our nanny's there a lot, but, you know, we go home earlier than, you know, I used to never go home at five or four. Never. Like, never. Like, well, if I was at five, some, it was like, is something wrong with you as leaving? Like, what? It was seven. It was eight. It was nine, you know? So um, I worked on the weekends. Now it's like, you know, uh, if I work on the weekends, it's like, it's because I really have to, you know? Um, even though I would, but so that's what it is. So yeah, you want to be there. And then we travel as much as we can and stuff. But if I didn't, um, do all this stuff ahead of time and delayed gratification, money and all that, you know, even now I wouldn't be able to do a lot of the stuff I'm able to do, you know, vacation and travel, enjoy life and stuff. Well, that's something that that I hear a lot is delayed gratification. And I think it goes back to renting at a place for three, 4,000 a month, a one bedroom, you know, you got your bougie spot downtown. Yeah. Or you're buying a house for five hundred, six hundred thousand, paying that same amount and five, ten years down the line when you want to transition into a new house, you have, you know, built up two hundred thousand in equity plus appreciation of you know, two, three hundred thousand, you know, San Diego market. So then you're selling your place for seven, eight hundred thousand and you're moving into a nicer place. But it's been five, 10 years. Yeah. And, and that's the, I guess, the risk that you take. I mean, if I was 25, I wanted to buy a place, I wasn't married. I mean, I would just buy, try to buy two to four units and let somebody else pay my mortgage and stack, save 70% of my income. Because look, I get it. You want to live downtown. You want to like the bougie spot. You want to be cool. I get it. But I'll tell you what, unless you're, uh, really have a good job and making money and able to save money, you will wake up, you'll get married, you'll have kids. And I literally have this conversation every week with somebody and you're 50, you're six years old and you start hitting the reality like, shit, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, what about retirement? And I just had a conversation with a guy two weeks ago and he's like 60 and he's like, you know, if I would have done this and that, I go, yep, should have, could have, what it goes. But you know what I did is I wanted to buy the nice cars and have this and that. And he goes, now I look back and go, what did that do for you? He goes, absolutely nothing. And he's like, I could have done this and had, yeah, more money in the retirement, this and that. And he goes, I could have bought a property. And so I always tell people, I haven't met anybody that goes back and says, man, I wish I would have bought more jewelry, more cars, gone to more clubs, you know. Like, you know, it's more like I wish I would have saved more, you know? So there are people that can go out and do that, that make that, that are young, that crush it, that make money. They're like, I, I'm going to, I'm beyond this. But there's also people that are holding on at that level, barely surviving. And what happens is, as I notice, is you get that mindset sucked in your brain. And then when you get to married in this, that continues on. 
So you never, like I always tell people, you're never from a young age, you're not going, you should start training your mind to save as much money as possible, delayed gratification, save, buy, do what you can, sacrifice now. Push yourself while you're young. Like, try to buy as much as you can. Like, that's when you invest. That's when you push yourself and you sacrifice. That's when those years of doing that, the momentum will carry you on. And so I get it. It's really hard because the world you you know live in. You can you know I can go on Amazon, click a button, and get or anything. Get it now. I can go to the mall. I want to go get it now. You know I want to look cool. I want the shoes. I want the car. I want the nice house. I want to impress my friends. But when you're 60 years old, I'm telling you, it's unless you made it, it's not going to matter. At 60 years old, what's really cool is hey, I don't have to go to work today. Actually, I don't have to do shit today because. <laughs> um, I'm financially done, like, you know, or at 50, to me, it's cooler at 50. Right. What I want to be is like, hey, uh, your dad, like, he's always here at every freaking thing. He never works. And Harlow's going to be like, or Harper, yeah, he did work. Like, he doesn't have to anymore. I feel, you know, when they're at the, that's was he made always the most of his time. Yeah. So when I was young, um, I just saw that and I'm like, okay, let's do this, you know, but it's hard though. It's hard, especially like where we live in a place like San Diego. You know, it's really, really hard. Well, and then you add in social pressures oh. for someone who's in their 20s, hanging around all these friends, and they're all doing the greatest, latest and greatest things. Yeah, and then look, I mean, if you're 25, you're living here, or you grew up here, and you go live in a decent area, you know, half your friends, parents do okay, and the other half do really well. Then there's a few that are like ridiculously wealthy or something, right? And then those kids that go on, they're like, you know, the, at the top, they're always going to be fine. They'll go work for dad or they're going to, you know, inherit it. Or the, we call them the trustafarians. They just get a check or whatever. But then below, but it's like, you know, if you're on the other end and, you know, you're, paying, you're not going to get anything to your parents or anything, I'm like, you're going to have to, you know, you got to do it, you know, it's hard. So, um, but then you're trying to chase that, those kids that parents can buy them anything, you know? I mean, there's kids that go to college. I mean, I'd go to college. I didn't get anything from anybody. I paid for it all. These kids are like, they got a nice car. Their parents pay for the rent. They give them this, you know, swipe the credit card. Uh, here's the allowance. It's like, oh, we can do this. And then they got graduated. Oh, from college. Now you're going to buy them a house. And you're just like, but that's the reality. There's nothing wrong with it. Their parents can do that, you know? But I mean, I'm not, I was never like, okay, I'm going to try to keep up with this guy. It's like, I was like, do you want to pay for this bill? Cause <laughs> it's like, well, then again, what is that doing for them? It's doing nothing. You know, what kind of character is that building? Yeah. You know, it's, it's that character is not good in this society because I don't think people realize that I posted something yesterday that everybody always complains. Like I wish, you know, I had more and more successful, but I said, how is it that the U S is spending $90 billion on lotto tickets, but they spend 13 billion on self-improvement, self-help, self-development. You mean U.S. people? Yeah. So, so we spent nine. That's the United States total. They spent ninety billion gross sales for lotto tickets because people are lazy. And they spent thirteen billion to basically things that could improve you: a coach, a trainer, a book, a whatever the hell, a seminar, whatever. Almost ten x. Imagine if it's flip flopped. And that's what I tell people like. If you're young too, you should definitely invest in yourself. You get a coach, get around the right people. Like when you're doing things like this, like take a, like you starting a podcast. Awesome. Like that's a huge 
defeated its own. Like, take a, do a leap, do a bound, do something, you know? Don't sit there and wait. Don't sit there and keep buying a lotto ticket waiting for it to happen. Well, and that's a good thing, too, is that this, by me starting this podcast, it created this conversation right here. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's about. Yeah. So I think I think the the sad thing I see is the lotto mentality in a lot of people. And I get it because their parents had the same mentality or that's what their parents come home. They cook dinner. They sit on the couch. They watch sports. They watch Netflix. They don't read a book. They don't do anything. The conversation isn't about anything about pushing yourself and this. It's like, you know, you should really get a job. You should go to school and just get a job, you know, like, you know, like, yeah. Not like go start a business. Why don't you, you know, stay home rent fee, go work for Gary V for two years. Well, I'll pay your bills and go learn under some badass entrepreneur. And if that's what you want to do, they'll be the, and then from there, I guarantee you, your life It'd will be change. huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why for my kid, I was like telling Chris, I was like, I think it'd be awesome at some point they get out of school. They're like, Hey, you want to go? Maybe I'll know somebody that's like some crazy entrepreneur. I'm just exaggerating. Elon Musk. Hey, can Harlow and Harper come work under you for free for three years? I just wanted to be around yeah. a presence of like you because I can do that for them because I just wanted that opportunity to change their life. Well, and that's like uh, Dana White, the president of the UFC. Yeah. He was, um, he went to a gym and he was like, you know what? This guy knew everything about the fight business. He's like, hey, tell me everything you know about the fight business. You don't have to pay me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And look at him now. <laughs> guy's printing yeah. money out of every crevice of his body. Yeah. 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 So it's just like, that's something that is so important that you can go into something like that, not get paid but you're there for the knowledge and the experience. And that pays way more than what a paycheck could pay you right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm paying a lot of money to be around a lot of people bigger than me right now, you know, next weekend that are way bigger than me. What's next weekend? Uh, I just joined a mastermind group. And so it's, you know, we're, you know, we're working on building our brand and all this stuff. And then, so it's like, how do you get there faster? Well, you just go hang around, 22 people that are already there. Yeah. And how do those people get bigger? Well, they go hang around. They have coaches too. Like that's what I realized. Those people are paying probably uh, 10 times that I'm paying to go get another mentor coach that might be a billionaire. That's what people understand. Like, oh, that guy's, no, no, that guy's literally, some of these guys could spend, you know, look at LeBron James. $1.5 million a guy spends a year on his health. He doesn't have to do that. I mean, I was watching the Tiger Woods. I started watching the documentary and, um, you know, it's like he had the mindset, but then he started training and just, you just see there's a, there's just a difference. So I think people, it's like, um, and I don't always do this. Like if I went back and said, Oh, what would you do differently? I would have immediately just gone under some badass. Like some guys like that guy's rad. I would have just been like, okay, just pay me enough to survive like just survive or, and I can maybe do if there's Uber. Okay. I'll drive Uber at night. I'll just work a hundred hours a week. I'm 25. I'll kill myself, but I want to be able to work under you. And after two, three years, the knowledge I'll get, I'll just maybe start, just go on my own. Right. Like if you had that Could you imagine? Yeah. To me, that's like so exciting. That's why I tell people like for your kids, if you have money, why wouldn't you give them that opportunity? Well, that's kind of like what I did here. Yeah. Now you come under here and you just learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's that's the world we live in. It's cool because of social media, all these people are accessible. It's a quick DM, an email, a phone call. Oh, you know this guy, you know that guy. I mean, 
how am I at this mastermind? I did a podcast. I went to the guy's office after. I looked on his wall and I'm like, you know all these people? So you know all these people? Yeah, your friends. Oh, okay. I know some of them. I'm like, did you go to this event? Yeah, I was part of that. Oh, when there, oh I wonder there's another one. There actually is coming another one. When? Oh, I was like, when I signed up, the guy's like, uh, how'd you sign up for this? I was like, he sent me a link. He's like, yeah, you're a little early. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, we're not even launched. He's like, oh, well, they interview me. You got to go. Okay. Okay. Let's go. I mean, I signed up five months, apparently too early. Perfect. Along with five other people. But I was like, well, shit, I'm ready. You know, yeah. and I, I did it because I'm ready to make this leap. I'm ready for the investment. I'm at a place of maturity in my life where I'm like, if I go here, I will get something out of it. Not like I'm going to go here and be like, oh, I'm going to take pictures and I'm all these cool people, but that's not what it's about. I'm actually like, I could give two shits about a picture. I'm like, I need to get something out of these guys. Like, you know, and I kind of know what it is, you know, what, what I'm looking for. It's just like, it's not a secret. It's just like being around that and just imagine sitting here and having the same conversation with somebody else at a different level, right? You're just learning. Like you just like, that's why the podcast, you sit down and have a conversation. You're going to walk away. It's, everybody learned something. That's crazy. So I just think people, you know, this is what people really should focus on. Like it's not for everybody. Look, you know, but if somebody wants to change your life, they want to be something different. I think you just, you know, you gotta be willing to invest back in yourself and delayed gratification. I mean, I'm delayed gratification now. I haven't bought a house. You know, I buy, I buy real estate that pays me. Eventually I will, but I have a goal to hit. Crystal. So, so you're just renting right now? Yeah. I had home, I had a home, sold it, had a condo, sold it, we rent and then rent. And then we're just, I got to get two more buildings probably in two, three years, then I can buy a home. And so my thing is, it's simple, is uh, at that point when I buy a home, I tell everybody, that means you know that I can wake up tomorrow and that all my bills are paid for without me working yeah. ever again. Well, and see, I think to touch back on what, what you yeah. were saying about delayed gratification and you know, you're going to go to that mastermind and you're not going to be there just taking photos. You're there, you're committed, you're determined yeah. to grow your business. Um, but that's a mindset that comes with maturity. Oh, for sure. You know, like the guy who's, you said 60 years old, he's like, what, what the cars, jewelry, things like that. What did that do for me? Took him 60 to figure well, it out. See, that's a lot of wisdom, but see, you don't have that necessarily at 20, 25, 30, 35. No. It's who you surround yourself by. But see, that's the thing is that for people who listen to this, it starts to put it in their head. Yeah. So that's why I'd say when you're 25, if you go put yourself around people that are like, let's say you want to be in an industry that around the six, if you can get yourself there, even if you have to pay, even if you have to like go, like you said, work for free, clean the floor, whatever, yeah. the Dana White, you're going to get mature, you know? Doesn't mean you still can't have fun. You can enjoy your, like that does, that has nothing to do with it. That we're talking about like, just mature, you know, being mature in this area. Well, and all the stories, all the stories that, that we've heard, all the success stories, Dana White, all kinds of people, um, when they put themselves in that position, delay gratification, delay gratification, it usually ends up being a huge thing rather than if you try and go get it all right now and then later, 10 years later, you don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. So I think that that's the message and delay gratification because you want to have something to show for it. You want to yeah. look, you want to look more long-term rather than like what I was saying, Oh, do you want to buy right now in the market? Well, I don't know price, you know, everyone's saying it's top of the market. 
I don't know if I'm not buying. Well, like you said, if you're looking 10 years down the line, what does it matter? Yeah. You know, if you're looking more long-term, it shouldn't even matter. Because the place you rent now, you said it's 300 bucks more in 10 years could yeah. be 2000 more here. No, it can't. Well, San Francisco, New York, you know, take San Francisco about, you know what I'm saying? It's like in depend. San Diego is a place where a lot of things are happening. Well, and then you factor in the chance and most likely in San Diego, the chance of appreciation on the property. And then you can roll that into a bigger home or an investment property yeah. or, or whatever you want. I mean, I think if you're young too, if you can go get money, put it down and somebody's paying your mortgage. It's kind of like a no brainer, right? Yeah. Even if you're like, well, I don't really care. Like, Hey Matt, like you say, Hey, well, you have no mortgage. Maybe you can go on more trips. You can enjoy your life. I mean, it's just, it's just a thing to do, you know? And a lot more people are, I talked to a lot of people and a lot more, you know, these young, there are a lot of people are like, yeah, I want units because they're realizing like, wait a minute, I buy a house, but I got to pay this mortgage. What if I bought a house with a unit or two behind right. me? It's like, then that cuts your mortgage from maybe 5,000 to, you know, 2,500. Yeah. Or maybe less. Yeah. You know, I've done the math on a bunch. I mean, you buy a four unit, let's say for a million bucks. Let's say, let's just say you put 200,000 down, right? Your parents give you the money, they give you the gift. Okay, you're $800,000 mortgage. Let's say your payment's uh, all in four grand. So you have three units. You and I know the average rent on least a one bedroom, even in you know, an area you're going to buy, it's like 1,500 bucks. Let's just say it's at not least. Let's just say they have a, it's a one to two bed. Let's just and say that's they're probably all ones. a bad area. Yeah, let's just say they're all ones. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're $4,500. You're getting paid to live there. Then you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about my mortgage. I have extra money. And then maybe you go, well, shit, why wouldn't I just do this again? Sometimes the light bulb goes off like, oh, I get it now. But that's why it's so important to save. Yeah. But also I think too, is save, but also know, I think having a game plan for your money is important to you. I always say that if you don't have a plan for your money, I'll have a plan for you. I think like people start saving, saving, saving. They don't figure out what am I going to do with it. Next thing you know, they're like, well, I might as well buy that car because I have it or buy this clothes. Next thing you know, they're like, oh shit, I had 200 grand saved. I did really well. I just spent 80,000 on all this stuff. And I'm like, I didn't, because I didn't, I go, why? They go, well, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I'm like, as you're making the money, you should start educating yourself. You know, hey, go to masterminds, read books, you know, go talk to people around you that maybe are doing something you want to do. Start a business or investing in real estate. Go get in groups, go talk to people, you know, listen to podcasts, start educating yourself on what you want to do and where you want to go. And then I think, because I think like when you wake up every day, and we all have to make money to live. Imagine if you go, cool, the money I save, I know what I'm doing with it. Yeah. And in 20, 30 years, when you know that, I think, you know, the guy that's 60 going, man, if I had to just, yeah, he just didn't have a plan for his money. He's like, if somebody would have told me this, I said, exactly, but why didn't you go find that somebody? Yeah, I know. I just, well, it's the people that are around him who you put in your environment. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I just, I said, yeah, you just didn't. Well, and the other thing too is that I feel people misunderstand that when you put 200000 down on a million-dollar property, that that money's gone. That money didn't go anywhere. It's in, it's basically in a bank. Yeah, just sitting, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when you sell it, you're going to get that money back. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you go to the store and you spend $5 on a candy bar and that money's gone forever. Yeah. 
you know, it's that money's not going anywhere. No, exactly. So, I mean, like I said, I think people, there's so many options for stuff now. I think if people aren't doing stuff, it's by choice. You kind of have like, like when you hear everybody say it's never been easier to make money to be more successful, people go, that's bullshit. It's like, because people are saying is the availability of knowledge, of education, of like, like look at all the people now that have podcasts or being interviewed and stuff that's not on, they're not 60 minutes or NBC. We're like, okay, well, here's the 12 questions we have to ask. Cause if we ask this one, our sponsors are going to cut us. You know, it's like yeah. Joe Rogan. Hey, you want to come in Elon Musk? Let's smoke some weed. Let's get drunk and let's talk about, you know, aliens and stuff. And I have the, that's the highest rated show. I think uh, that's ever been viewed on his one of them. Right. But it's like, the point is, is he couldn't go do that on national TV. Right. So you get to see people in their own environment, relax, talking about a lot of cool things that we never got to do before. So when I think people go, what do you mean it's been every year? The information's there. Like the right. internet. I mean, I know I, I see these, it's this constant, like we've met kids that are, you know, uh, one I'm thinking of, I think he's 19 or whatever, like, oh, I'm going to start an internet thing and just start going to this mastermind this and figure out a hack and do this. And next thing you know, the guy's making a million bucks a year selling a program of how to make a million bucks a year. Yeah. What? Some, wait a minute, you're selling, yeah. Because he figured out like, here's a sales fund and all this. And he's like, how do you do it? I just locked myself in the room for seven days, 18 hours a day, right? And wrote this whole program and this and then launched it and then just kind of figured out as I went. And now he's like, now I have the money to go to this mastermind and this mastermind about this guy. And they taught me like how to 10X this. Just get bigger and bigger. So he took the money and just reinvested it back in, you know? So I just think like what people don't realize too, if you're able to get plugged in with people, make some money, then get plugged into the better, you know, advance, keep investing back in yourself. That is the best investment you're going to make. Like even me, if I invest back in myself, I realize it's the best investment, the best return on money, you know? Well, and then it goes to talk about virtual assistants. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's a, like you said, there's, there's other options. You can start a business and if you don't have the money, you might have money, you might have time, so you could do everything yourself. But also if you start making a little bit of money and you're like, this is sucking my time, you could hire a VA overseas, right? A virtual assistant and pay 500 bucks a month for somebody to take off some workload that was sucking, you know, 20 hours of your week or something. You know? And that's all time that you can use for education. Or just now you're producing something like, hey, if I spend that 20 hours in sales or marketing, I can make that much more money, right? So, I mean, I think that's, I mean... I, I mean, I would say it's never been easier, but it's also been, it's never been harder because there's so many damn distractions away from that. Yeah, that's true. When it's all how you use it, right? Because I could use this car and use it as uh, Uber and make money with it, or I can go drive it up and down the coast and have to spend money on gas for it. Yeah, yeah. It's the exactly. same thing with the internet. Yeah. And I think it is hard because of the distractions. It is. It, life is very, very distracting. You've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything, YouTube. But a lot of people aren't on there to like go, oh, what's this guy doing to build his brand? Oh, I'm just staring at, oh, wow, she got those new shoes. Shit, I need to get to the mall and get those. You know, I need to get that shirt. You know, I need to go well, make how, that. How, how do you think people can break out of that? 
Um, I always say it's it's like I was telling you, it's it's mindset, but it's also that I was telling this other this uh, guy referred to this kid who's younger, and I was saying, look, when you do, th-, he's like, well, you know, then I'm gonna get like a girl, and she I go, no, no, but you're not understanding. It's like if you save seventy percent of your income and buy this, the person you attract will be attracted to that, like the you. Right. That's who you will attract. Right. So I think the same thing, like you said, how do you get out of that? Well. Like you said, you're going into an environment where everybody around you is like that. You got to change your environment. Right. Like the what the top five or nine people you hang around with are pretty much who you are. So you got to change your environment. You got to say, you got to be strong enough to be like, cool, I need to get out of this environment or I need to go over here to you know this entrepreneur, this group. You got to change your environment. So it's hard, but. Well, that's the thing is, do you choose comfort and that can be really pleasurable for people. Oh, for sure. You know, it's tough to put yourself in uncomfortable positions. People don't want to do that. No, but that's the biggest change. And I think if people, I think a lot of people, they do something uncomfortable once and they get the change and that's really addictive. But a lot of people do something once, they don't get the change because maybe they didn't go through it. And they're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. You mean when someone puts themselves in a tough position and they overcome it? And that becomes addicting. I like to take example. You started this podcast. Uh-huh. The first podcast, it could be a little bit uncomfortable. You got to buy the equipment. You got to get it set up. Shit could go wrong, whatever. A lot of people I know have told us, I want to start a podcast. Go start it. Two years later, I'm still going to do it. No. It's every, it's this list of excuses. Yeah. Like, I mean, Crystal is funny. Crystal said, um, I think it was her trainer, a friend made a comment. She goes, you know, Crystal and Kenny, they say they're going to do something, you'll do it. Maybe not like as fast always, but we try to do it. But it's not like we're even uncomfortable. Maybe it's a lot of time now, but um, you just got to do it. You got to be true to yourself though. No, for sure. It's more of a matter of if you're going to say you're going to do something and you don't do it, then who are you? Yeah. I mean, I literally, I literally was going to do marketing. We sold our management business. And Crystal's like, you got to listen to this guy, Gary Vee. I go, who's this? I listen to him, consume his content. And she goes, oh, he's having this 4D thing. What's that? I don't know. It's 10 grand. You fly to New York. You sit in a room with him. Okay. So next thing I know, I'm boom, I'm there. Sitting there talking. They're t- All of a sudden, Gary walks in. Hey, guys. I'm like, oh, shit. It's Gary like that. He's like, oh, it's Gary, you know? And so I happen to sit at the end of the table and for three hours in there answering questions. And so he gets me... So I tell him about what I did in real estate. And he goes, so what are you doing here? I go, well, I'm just trying to figure out. He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, just trying to figure it out. He goes, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm like, I want to do marketing this. He goes, well, you, you, all this stuff about real estate, just give it away. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, just fucking give it away. Just go on and tell, just give it all away. Just give it all. Just start to scream. Okay. So I come back here and I go, he says, give it all away. What does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. We started a podcast. I started doing videos and I started realizing it's, it was, but it was the whole thing was, just go do it. Just get started. And it and it's funny because Gary says, have a shitty camera, have this. His whole point is, is just get started isn't about starting a podcast. It's more like getting over the hump of getting out of your own, just do it. And once you started, he would go into, look, down the road, you're going to get better equipment. You're going to get better guests. You're going to figure out what works, what doesn't work. You're going to build a bigger team. And you're like, okay, but I just got to get started. And that's what he, and the next thing you know, it's two years later, 
oh, we're getting, we're building a team, we're doing, and so that's what it is. But it really, for me, is I people are like, what did you get out of that? I'm like, I flew there, I met him, it was great, and it's like, just get started. That's what I got out of it. They're like, that's it. I go, but that there that's all you is needed. why I'm here. Yeah. Like at this point in this whole thing is because I needed somebody that I respected that's done what I've watched. You just go, just go do it. Yes, there's tactical and things you have to get. And it was great. Like one of the guys that had a podcast, so we emailed him and said, hey, here's all the stuff to get. But it was, the point was just get go, you know? It doesn't matter if you're 50 or 60 or 20 or 30. Like people call me and go, I want to buy real estate. That's what we say. Then get in the game. What? Get in the game. That's what these guys used to tell us. Get in the game. Get in the game. Kenny, just call me when you get in the game. I get in the game. You're in the game. I bought a place. Bought a investment property. How do you feel? Good. So now we can start having a different conversation. What? Well, you're owned. So now it's going to change. Okay. The, how do you, what are we going to do? You're going to like, you know, now it's a different conversation. I'm not going to have this conversation until you get in the game. I'm wasting my time with you. And the person that was didn't have really time to waste. I mean, so, but it's like, that's what it was. So I get in the real estate game. So people call me, Hey, I want to buy real estate. What are you waiting for? Well, you know, it's the market. It's just like, go, look, it's always going to be something, right? Not to get in the game. It's like you have people like, I want to buy a home, I want to buy a home, I want to buy a home. But it's every single thing that they don't. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like, do you want to get in top of the market, lowest interest rates, or do you want to get in when maybe the prices are better, but you have higher interest rates, you know? Yeah. And I, I what I've learned in life, it's that um, it could be working out, it could be eating, it could be like my kids or anything. It's like, it's once you learn that if you just do it and like get in the game or just start the podcast or this, it very, it comes very natural and easier, you know? So now that I'm 41, it's a lot easier. You know, when I was younger, I was in my head. I didn't know. I mean, the fact that you're doing this is going to pay dividends later. You don't know. That's what people understand. It's not about now. It's that this, what I did has paid dividends. Like the fact that I'm going to get on a plane and spend a shit ton of money to join this mastermind and go there next weekend is putting, even though people go, I'm putting myself in this position to be around these people because I know it's going to take me to the next level. It may, they might not even do it, but it's what I need for me to be around these people. For somebody's going to tell me one thing in there, you need to go fucking do this. Excuse my French. You need to go do this now. Okay, I'm going to go do it. And then that will change. It might be one thing I get out of this whole thing, but all I need is the one thing. That one thing could be, make you millions of dollars. One thing can make you lose 50 pounds. One thing can make you get married, have kids, like buy investment, like whatever it is. It's the one thing, right? Well, it's so. how much you value it too. Yeah. Because you're spending all this money. It's an investment for you. I'm going to go there and I'm going to get something from it. So then you go there and you're looking for what it's going to be. Yeah. And so you go back to your questions. How do people get out of that rut? Go do something different. Just start. Your friends go out downtown. You go party all the time. Go make friends that go for hikes. Go make friends that read. Go make friends that want to start a business. What else are you passionate about? Go find friends that do that and surround that. I, I was young. I used to party too. I woke up one day. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of over this. I mean, then all of a sudden it's like those friends were gone. And it's like, hey, I want to do real estate. Then all of a sudden I'm like, all my friends do some type of real estate or business or something, right? And that's what I attract. That's what I came track. That's what I wanted, you know? So I think a lot of people, it's hard though. Like you said, it's really, really hard to pull yourself out, especially when you're young and it's just, it's a different world. 
Yeah, that was a, one of the, like, the biggest things for me was um, I always refer back to this because this was like a real big moment for me in my life to push myself into a position that I didn't know if I could overcome that. I I was not um, the biggest fan of heights and I decided I was going to go skydiving. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to tell myself what I can do and I'm going to do it and I'm going to watch what happens. So I bought the, the skydiving tickets. Um, we drive up there and I'm nervous as hell. We get up in the plane and I jump out and it was like such a relief. Oh. Like what? Like I did this? Like I'm going over to my friends and family and I'm like, yeah, look at this video. I went skydiving last week and they're all looking at me like, what? Like you changed. And it was just like so important for me to do that for myself. And it was something that I overcame within myself. Yeah. That I was just like, wow, this opened the door for me to do anything I want to do. Yeah. Like no one can tell me what I am or what I am not. Yep. And the one thing that I can't stand the most is when someone says that, oh, that's just the way they are. That's just the way they are. Well, what do you mean? They can always change. People can always change if they want to, if they set yeah. their mind to it. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing for me was the skydiving thing. And that gave me the confidence to even start this podcast. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not someone who's very um, camera friendly. Yeah. Like never really presented well in high school and things like that. But you know what? I'm like, well, why do I have to go based off of that narrative? Why do I have to continue following that story? I'm starting something totally new. Yeah. I'm a totally different person. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I, uh, I mean, Monty kind of knows this, but like, I'm more like introvert, extrovert. Like people think I'm like this, oh, I'm social. I'm actually like, if I, if I'm at an event, I'm running it, I can be the most outgoing guy, but it's all, I'm also like, I just like to be by myself a lot and be at my home. I don't need to go hang out with a bunch of people. All the time. I, I mean, I, I get up every morning really early. I go for my runs by myself. I don't want to be, I don't need to go work out. I just be like, what are we going to work out? Nah, I just want my own. What? We can't. Nah, I just want to work out by myself. I realize I'm like, I just like to be by myself. So it's hard for some people, but I get it. Like for you, it's the same. I mean, I hated the camera. I hated all this stuff, but all of a sudden I'm like, now I'm going to start interviewing people. So yeah, I mean, I used to do videos for real estate stuff. And I mean, I shot all these videos and Crystal came in. She goes, those are just terrible. I'm like, all this time. She goes, yeah, that's not you. That's not going to work. And I shot more. No. And then one day I happened to shoot a video and all of a sudden Crystal walked over. She goes, that was it. What do you mean? That was you. You're being you. And from that day, I realized I'm like the whole, all these videos, I was literally in my head. I was portraying this thing. And I'm like, that's not me. And I, so now all of a sudden I just went and I'm like, now when I do a video or whatever, it's like. I can just be me, but it took months and months to just get out of my head. And it's like, I couldn't hit it. I don't know why. And then just like, just like, you know, just like you said, it's like, boom. So even, um, doing like these groups or these events, like I never really was speaking in front of people, whatever I'd get nervous forever. Now I just, I'm like, it's just, I'm like, it is, it just, just, it doesn't bother me. Cause I'm like, I don't care what some, Hey, you suck. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Well, and that's such a great place to be because I've come to terms with it. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, just accept it and just be free with it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So that's um, 
that was like, that's a big changer for me. Then it opened up me, um, just like going to this group, whatever. It's sometimes it's like, oh, I'm lazy. I'm like, no, I'm just more of an introvert. So I just don't want to go and do it. But when I get there and I'm on like in the part of the group, I sh- it's great. I, I do really, really well just getting me there. You know, it's not even that I'm definitely not lazy. It's more of just you got to go, like push yourself and got to go. So a lot of me doing this is like just pushing myself. I've been talking about, oh, I should do this and that. It's like, no, you got to just go do it, dude. You got to do it. And so and like I was talking to the other day, he goes, you never been to one? I said, no, I've never done a mastermind. Never, never. Hmm. And I'm joining like a badass one, right? It's like, so. But I think, I mean, like you said, the skydiving for you, it's it's going to be something for somebody. It could be big or small. Yeah, and that's the weird thing for me is that I put myself in like the most extreme event as possible just to, I don't know. And, and I don't know what it was, but that did it for me. Like I have that one event and that just pushed it all aside. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think like, uh, for me is like, it's all mindset. It really, I think the older I get, it's everything's just mindset. Like I even tell people when they go, I want to buy uh real estate. I go, it's really mindset. What do you mean? I'm like, it's changing your mind. It's like, do I want to save the money? Am I going to sacrifice? Am I going to tell my kids and wife? No, we, we, this is the budget. I got to save. I got to do this for my family. I'm like, you know, if you never, ever do that, you're going to be that guy 60 going, shit, should have, would have, could have. I got to work till I'm 75 now, right? And so it's with anything. You know, you want to, like when COVID hit, I had a goal in 2019 to run eight miles. I never hit it. Everybody gave me a bunch of shit. Eight miles in one run? Yeah. I never did it. I'm not a runner. And COVID came and I said, okay, I'm going to start running. Like right when COVID, and I remember running 4.30 in the morning, pitch black, really weird. And I hit, I did two miles, three miles. I did the eight, nine. Next thing I know, I ended up running 12 miles. You know, I beat it. And then now I run. Today I ran uh, four miles. Tomorrow I might wake up, feel good, and go do eight miles, nine miles. And before I was like, I'll never. I was like, okay, would come. Okay, my goal is if I can just run downtown from Mission Hills, run up the stairs, convention back, that's it. And I remember texting Monty. I'm like, I did that. It was done. And I'm like, and then I, when I did that, I ran back. I'm like, oh, next time I was like, I ran up. I'm like, let's just keep going. And I ended up just doing 12. And I realized I'm like, dude, this is all mindset. Like I literally just was, I, I wake up and I could psych myself out and be like, I could run two miles someday. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm like, mentally, I'm just not, not into it. It's like my body. I'm like, no, nah, my mind just like, no, nah, I just don't want it. And then some days I wake up and I run and next thing I know I'm five miles in and I'm like, okay, let's just go all the way downtown, come back up. It's going to be nine, 10 miles. Let's we're doing it. And I just, I just know my mind's like, yep, we're going to make this happen. We're going to do it. Well, it's the weirdest thing because you really just have to push yourself past that point because we would run a lot and I would run on the treadmill. And when you run on the treadmill, it's like, you know, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, it's hard. You're not seeing different things. Like, whereas like downtown, yeah. maybe you pass a building, and, yeah. you know, you see the water and it's a whole different experience. But you get to a point where you're on the treadmill and you're like, all right, this is as far as I want to go. But then you're like, oh, no, like, I know I could push myself further and I'm I'm not going to let myself stop the first time I tell myself I want to stop. Yeah. And you push yourself past that and you're like, wow, like, I can't believe I would always stop there. Yeah. Like, I had 10, 15, 20 more minutes in me. Like, Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, people just need to do that in all areas of life, financially, relationship, 
uh, mentally, like business, friends, whatever, you know? But it's it like, goes back to comfort. Yeah. It's like with friends, I don't maybe see as much here, but I'm like, cool, I'd rather just go on a couple of badass trips with friends that we like to hang around with. And I go, boom, I spend eight quality days with you, surf, hang out, this, we come back here, here, there. Because when I'm here, it's hard. You're just busy, you know? A lot of shit going on. So Yeah, it's funny because San Diego is really like a vacation spot, but when you live here full time, it's not yeah. as much of a vacation. We don't use it enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you came here, think about it. If you came here on vacation, you'd be running around all over this place. You'd love it. Yeah, and that's the problem is I realized, like, oh, we'll just do a staycation. I'm like, no, a staycation turns into me working. That's why I got to leave. It's impossible. Yeah. It's like I just don't. So I wish I would be like, maybe one day I'll come back here. It's like just doing a staycation. Like I got to go come back. Like, you know, I want to have a staycation where it's like not working. And I just like, act like I'm a tourist here. Right. So that'd be trippy. Have you thought about going and like staying maybe at like an Airbnb in La Jolla or something? And No, but I'm doing that in other States. I'm going to Miami and staying there for a month this year. When are you doing for, that? In May for a month. A whole month. Yeah. Work. Do the whole thing. I have family there. Yeah. Is that where you grew up? Yep. So they're like, thriving right now. Huh? They're thriving. Dang. It's good. Yeah. I've never been out there. I'll have to visit. Yeah. It's fun. It's a cool place. It's a, it's one of my favorite places for sure. The weather's a little different though. It's, it's like the Caribbean. It's just beautiful people. It's beautiful weather, water, it's warm, fishing, diving. Um, if you're a single guy that's rich, you would probably end up moving there after a long weekend, you know? It's just a lot of money. Uh, it's not many white people. <laughs> more than more expensive than here? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you know. Well, no tax there, right? No Florida. state tax, yeah. yeah. Property tax are higher. What are the property tax? I think it's 2%. It's much higher. Well, I guess it makes makes up for it with no yeah, state tax. Yeah, well, it can. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Yeah. So it's cool. I'm excited. That's cool. Well, thank you, Kenny. Yeah, this is Appreciate fun. Appreciate you doing this. Chatting it up. We'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, good luck.